Amen. Thanks, guys, for coming. I want to thank Pastor Hartley and Natalie for the opportunity. It's always a privilege to share the word. And I want to thank you guys for coming. You were here last night, came this morning, and you're here again tonight. That is very flattering. And I have to live up to the standard. Well, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I'm extremely sure that chains will be broken tonight. I'm sure that people will be set free tonight. But because the Bible says, and you should know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The Bible also says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Shackles will come off this, this night and people will be set free. It's a new day for you. Amen? Amen. I know that Jesus Christ is here. The Spirit of the living God is right here tonight. You know how I know that? He says he would never leave me nor forsake me. So wherever I go, Jesus goes. Okay, if you need a more authentic reason why he's here tonight, it says, wait, two or three are gathered in my name. I will be there in their midst. Amen. He's right here tonight. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says, let me just go first with the dictionary. Let's go with what the dictionary defines faith as. Tonight I'm talking, if I was going to give this a title, it's called the fight of faith. Or faith fight. Well, the dictionary says faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So faith in God would be complete trust or confidence in God. Faith is your link with God's power. Faith brings God into the scene. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is an act of motivated by the word of God, faith is a weapon. Ephesians 6 says, take the shield of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Now I want to talk on three subheadings. The first is the basis and the foundation of our faith, which is the word of God and the nature of God. Two, I'm going to talk about the definition of faith, my own definition, which I got from preparing for this. And faith is when you get it. And the third, I want to talk about the fight of faith. So let's start with the foundations, the basis of faith. I have to use this, Amanda, but, you know. On the 5th of... Um, November, three weeks ago, I was preaching in Bankstown. And it was scheduled that we would have a picnic after the church service. Guess what happened? It rained. And the picnic was canceled. And that is the difference between God's word and man's word. If God said we're going to have a picnic, we will have a picnic. 
Because, because the truth is, the truth is there are certain circumstances beyond our control. We can have all the good intentions. We can want to keep our word. We can do a lot of things to make sure that we keep our word, but sometimes it just happens that there are circumstances beyond our control, and on this occasion, it rained, and we could not have a picnic. But if God said we're going to have a picnic, he would shut the heavens and make sure we had a picnic. You know, Pastor Phil was saying this morning, that was in my note before Pastor Phil spoke it. He talked about, and he said, you know, if Jesus says, let us go to the other side of the lake, what would happen is that you will get to the other side of the lake if you're on a boat with Jesus. Because storms would come. A tempest may arise. But the reality is, if you've got Jesus on your boat, and Jesus says, let us go to the other side, you can be sure that you will arrive on the other side. Amen? Let's give him praise in the house this morning or tonight. So Joshua 21.45 says, Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Not one of God's promises failed. Everyone was fulfilled. And the reason is that when God promises, he has the power to deliver. There is no power, no authority, no circumstance can restrain God. So when God gives a promise, it will come to pass. And can I say, if God has given you a promise here tonight, hold on to it, for it will surely come to pass. Amen? You know, recently I decided to read through the New Testament, so I decided to start reading from the book of Matthew. And what amazed me was the number of times scriptures from the Old Testament was fulfilled. Matthew 1.22. All this, uh, this is not coming up on the screen, but I'm just going to rush through it. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophets. Matthew 2, 5, in Bethlehem, Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. Matthew 2, 15, and so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophets. And I counted, there were 10 scriptures in four chapters where the word of God was fulfilled. In four chapters, 10 fulfillment of scriptures. That's what I counted. And that does not surprise me because Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? Psalm 89, 34 says, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the word that has come out of my lips. 
God's words will not return to him void. God's word to you will accomplish the purpose for which God has sent it. So we've established that God's words do come to pass. So as I began to prepare for this, it occurred to me that King Herod, at a point in time, was having a birthday celebration. And his wife's daughter, Herodias' daughter, danced so well. And King Herod promised her anything she would ask for up to half of his kingdom. And she asked for the head of John the Baptist. And the Bible says, because he had sworn to an oath, he did it. He kept his word. So it's not just enough to keep your word. What is probably more important is the character and the nature of the person given the word. So when God gives you his word, it's not just his word, his nature and his character backs up his word. So complementary to our faith in God's word, it's our knowledge of the nature and character of God. And part of his nature is the fact that he's faithful and true. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's a good God. He's a good father, not the Godfather. The good father, the Bible says he's loving and kind. I can go on and on and on and on and on. But like that song said, the second song we're singing tonight, God loves. I just want to touch on his love. God loves deeply. His love is extravagant. His love is lavish. His love is deep. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Jesus knew Lazarus was going to die. He knew when Lazarus died. Yet when he got to Lazarus' tomb, he wept. That weeping was a reflection of his deep, deep love for this guy. God loves his love is not transient, it's not shallow, it's not superficial, it's deep, inexplicable. We cannot understand it. The Bible says that his love surpasses knowledge. We cannot understand why he loves us so much, but God loves us, and that is his nature. And there's nothing you can do to stop him from loving you. I love my wife, Vivian. But God loves you more. I can define my love, but I can't define his love. It's incomprehensible. God loves you. 
talking about how do I get this faith. This is my second point, the definition of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. So you're definitely going to have more faith at the end of this service that you started with at the beginning of this service. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing. Now, this is the key. And this is my definition and my revelation. You probably haven't heard it anywhere else, but this is it. It is not enough for you to just hear God's word. You must hear it from God. You cannot hear him and doubt him. You can't hear him and not believe him. It's not about knowing Bible verses written in black and white or listening to the preacher but hearing the voice behind the letters and beyond the preacher's voice. It is hearing with your heart. It is getting it. When you get it from God, you can't doubt. The Bible says deep calls unto deep. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Faith comes when you get it. And when you get it, you cannot hold back. A woman emptied a flask of priceless oil on the head of Christ in holy adoration. A street girl washed his feet with her tears and toweled them with her hair. A hard-hearted tax collector went wild with joy and wanted to give away all his money. When they get it, they can't hold back. Jesus met a woman at a well, Samaritan woman. She got it. And she went back and told the whole village. It was a woman with the issue of blood. She got it and she crawled on her knees and feet and said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. And when she did, she got healed. When you get it, faith comes. About 14 years ago, my big sister was having a baby. It was a tough birth, complications after the birth. And, you know, I've shared this story before. And the doctors really gave no hope. And she was in Auburn Hospital. They had to move her to Westmead. They said, look, I saw them call the husband aside and said, look, there's nothing else we can do. Let's just send her to Westmead. There are more qualified professors there. They can help. And I watched and I cried. But 
I went to church. It was a Friday night. Youth was on. We're not in this location. We're on Clyde Street. Went to church. Sent text messages around. No Facebook in those days. No WhatsApp. Went to church. And youth was on. And young people came around me. Daniel Lewis. He was a youth leader then. Sunny and Seb. John Mareko. And all those young people, as soon as they put their hands on me, Dan said, come on, let's pray for Patrick. As soon as they put their hands on me, I felt an indescribable peace. It was like God put his arms around me and wiped off my tears. The tears dried up straight away. I got it. And I knew my sister was going to be all right. She still spent six weeks in the hospital, but she's alive and well today. And my, my, my niece is 14 years old. Thank God for that. Let's give God a mighty praise tonight. The final part of this is the fight of faith. Now, the presence of trials is not an indication is not an indication of or the absence of faith. The fact that you're going through a difficult time is not an indication of the absence of faith. In fact, the paradox is that God gives you a promise and you have to fight for it. God gives and you have to go and get it. God gives and you have to take it. You have to possess your possession, so to speak. Let's look at this Bible verse, Deuteronomy 2.24. It says, Deuteronomy 2.24, it says, Rise, take your journey, and cross over the river Anan. Look. I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle. I don't know how that sounds to you. God is saying, I've given you this land. I've given you this king and I've given you this land. But engage in battle. Go and start fighting for it. You've given it to me. Why do I have to fight for it? This is the fight of faith. This is the fight of faith. God has given, you have to take. And sometimes we fight battles, we are in trials, we are in difficult situations, and we are thinking, this is the enemy. But we've got to fight. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. And some of us here tonight are at the threshold of dawn. Morning is coming for many people that have been in battles here tonight. And for tonight, morning is coming. There is light at the end of the tunnel. The fight is a fight of faith. You've got to stand your ground. If you're in a boat and it's beginning to sink, you've got Jesus on the boat. 
If Jesus says we are going over to the other side, you will definitely get to the other side. Amen? Amen. You know, I started with Joshua 21.45. But before Joshua 21.45, it's Joshua 21.43 and 44. And it says, so the Lord... So the Lord gave Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in there. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their, to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. So they had to fight before Joshua 21.45, which says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Can the band please come up? You know, the word, God's word for your life would come to pass. Jesus knew why he was born. He knew he was born to die. At the age of 12, he went with his parents to Jerusalem. And when they left, they left him behind. He walked a day's journey and realized, where is Jesus? Zephaniah, have you seen Jesus? Oh, probably with Uncle Habakkuk. Habakkuk, where is Jesus? Uh, I think Jeremiah has him. Jeremiah, where is Jesus? Oh, I think we've lost him. They had to go back. Three days journey. They got back to the temple and Jesus says, why are you looking for me? He's 12 years old. And he goes, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? 12 years old. And when the time for his ministry came, fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the devil tempted him, passed with flying colors. And then the miracles began. Heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, all sorts of miracles. But then, the cross, the whole purpose, what he always knew that I was born for this. He knew he was born to die. He knew he was the atoning sacrifice. But then the cross came. And the battle began. The fight of faith. And he began to pray. If it is possible, take this cup away from me. For he knew this was his purpose. But this was a difficult time. The miracles were not difficult. Even those that touched him, Without him knowing God healed. But when it came to the time to fulfill his purpose, there was war. And he had some trusted friends. He had his disciples with him to pray with him. But they fell asleep. You know, some friends will not go the distance with you. Some friends will disappoint you at the last minute when you need them the most 
He was out of God, and the Bible says he prayed. And his sweat was like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And being in anguish, he prayed even more. And the Bible says an angel came and strengthened him. Some of you have been fighting battles. And all you need tonight is strength. God is going to strengthen you tonight. God is going to strengthen you tonight. If you believe it, say amen. God is going to strengthen you tonight. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego defied King Nebuchadnezzar. They did not bow to the golden image he had made. And you would have thought, because they said to the king, our God is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us, O king. But even if he does not, we will still not bow. This is not a time to bow. Weeping may endure for a night, but there is joy coming in the morning. You would have thought that God would have delivered them from the fire, but they got into the fire and Jesus stepped in there with them. Jesus is going to step into your situation tonight. Tonight, in Jesus' name. 